Hello and welcome to the Hoff Podcast. I'm Daniel Turner, the pastor of the Tyler House of Faith. We take these messages from our weekly services and then release them here on our podcast channel for you. We hope you dig it. So I was, as I was running this morning, I had something kind of come to me and I had to stop and, and, and kind of write this out into my phone. But it's the essence of the message I wanted to bring today. And it's, it's, it's about finding our path, finding the path or searching for the path of the Lord in your life. And, and I was just contemplating and thinking as I was running around that um, this concept of like Christian maturity, spiritual maturity, and um, the importance of coming into alignment with the plans and purposes that God has for us and the importance for, for even people as individuals of, of follow-through and taking the steps that the Lord has for them to take, for really showing up, you know. And um, I, was, I was considering some passage in the Scriptures where, where the Lord spoke to Moses and even He spoke to Joshua when they were leading the people into their inheritance, into the land of their inheritance, into the promised land, but he spoke to him like, I'm going to drive out all these different people groups, these really mighty people groups that everyone's afraid of. They're connected to really dark, demonic, powerful things and beings. Um, but I'm going to drive those people groups out of your, a lot of your inheritance. I'm going to bring you into that place, but I'm going to do it little by little or phase by phase. I'm not just going to wipe the whole, you know, cause you to have this victory that wipes the entire promised land clean of the enemy. I'm going to dispossess them little by little. Because if I gave you the whole thing too fast, it would overtake you. It'd be too much land for you. He was talking to them as a people. It's like, you don't, you don't even have the authority, really. If I gave you the whole thing, you wouldn't even be able to maintain it, let alone hold on to it, let alone steward it for my purposes. He even says, like, the wild beasts of the field would overtake you guys. It's, it's, it's so big what I want to give to you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to drive them out in these military conquests that they, that they stepped into following him little by little, phase by phase. And as you step into that next room or that place of your inheritance and you begin to set the roots down and you begin to be fruitful and multiply and cultivate that and you grow in the authority that it takes, to actually successfully occupy and be there and grow into that place. And once you've done that and grown into the maturity of somebody that can hold on to it, then I'll drive out some more for you and you'll take that land. And then you'll learn to cultivate that and then you'll learn, learn to hold on to that. Then I'll drive out more, little by little, so it doesn't just overwhelm you. And I was thinking of this progression and this way that we can walk, but also this this trap that I see a lot of people can fall into and myself included in, in you know this in times past of like this mindset of of having a vision for where you want to be or where you're called to be and being so mindful of it and wanting it that we reje- that we could find ourselves rejecting the opportunities that surround us in this life right here and now because they're not that you know what I mean it's like you you want to go to the NBA or something and God's called you to be this professional NFL player or whatever, um, but the first door that he opens is TJC. 
And you're like, well, that's community college. That's not even a big division one. But it's like he's opening that door, and that's the place for you to train right now. Two years later, he opens you up to go to, you know, maybe it's Texas Tech. Well, I wanted to go to, to University of Texas. I want to be big. It's like, well, that's the next place that he's opening. Maybe it's the CFL after that. Maybe then it's the NFL. But see, the, the, the path of the Lord was a progression. When you're thinking if it's NFL or bust, I'm going to sit here and wait until, a, until somebody in the draft comes and picks me up. And it's just like, well, that's not going to happen. Because a lot of times our faith and our growth, it's progressive and it relies on us being obedient and following him, following through on that which he gives us to be faithful with. This is Texas. I can make football analogies, right? Yeah, I, think, I think it works. Yeah. But I was thinking of this in terms of Christian maturity, man, the importance of taking our next steps, of, of occupying or being faithful or showing up, following through. And... Um, Many times, spiritually, our current levels of authority that come from literally knowing the Lord and walking with Him, dealing with the issues of the heart, a lot of times it's forgiveness and healing. And, and that's just that's the way it works, man. Um, but walking with Him into, into freedom in the here and now because we might actually not be mature enough to be able to receive and, and hold on to that which He really wants to give us yet. But it's so important to walk in the path of the Lord in the here and now being faithful to what He's doing in us and to what He's wanting to release through us. The people He does want us to sow into, that He wants us to pour into, that He wants us to speak life into in the here and now. It's, so, it's, it's paramount because this is the walk of obedience and follow-through where He brings us into the maturity and we find ourselves being prepared to really step into the fullness of our inheritance. The Bible says it like this, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the day of small things. It's written in a couple different ways there. You know, Zechariah, it's like, it's, like it's like don't look over some of the small things God wants to do right here and now, because in doing that, we miss the path itself to get to where he's wanting us to go. You feel? And it's just like, that's, that's, as, that's my, my personal role in life one is to is is to walk that way but it is also to almost be a wilderness guide that helps people to see that because i think a lot of times there's no inspiration there's there's dis um discouragement right people are disappointed in, in experiences that they've had and you can look at it from the outside in by the walk of the spirit and say like i oh, know that that was supposed to happen exactly as it did happen and it's it's actually caused it's supposed to grow you you're supposed to become healed from that and you'll have more authority and this is going to open the door like don't sit on your hands and miss it you know it's like this whole thing it's about destiny it's about purpose it's about redemption it's this all these beautiful things but it's like i i find that our walk and i don't want to be married to these two things but it comes down to two major things that cause us to have spiritual sight and to see things the way the Lord does. And it's, I would call it the mindset of, of a mission and the mindset of training. My mission, what's my mission purpose and what is, my, what is there for my training? You know, And it's interesting, I was sitting on a board of a good buddy of mine this week and we had some there's several ministers that are on it and several medical people that are on it and people that travel the world doing incredible things. But one thing that came out when we were discussing stewarding this incredible thing that's going on 
site.org actually, there's a plug, Lewis, but it's like this incredible uh, ministry that's based here. Actually, the guy that founded it is, is in the building. He goes to this church, you know, it's one of your brothers. Um, but it's just like was a lot of times people have a mission mindset, especially in this region, right? And that mission mindset is more like a field trip mindset. You know what I mean? It's more about going on a field trip and taking pictures of it and putting it in your resume. You know what I'm saying? But the mission mindset that I'm talking about is like, hey, what is my mission in the present, in the here and in the now? Because there is mission. There always is. And it's either mission, which when I think of mission, maybe military terms of like, like strategy and objective, there's objectives. And then there's also training, no matter where you're at in life. And like, I feel like every secular job that I've ever had was full of purpose like this. Was, was, there was mission or there was targets. There was people that I was specifically there in order to be around so that I could sow life into, that I could impact that I could interpret their dreams and things that they would come to me with. Secular people would be experiencing God and not knowing Him. Catholics and secular people and homosexuals and, and you know, is that offensive that I just groped those three people together? To some, you know, I don't mean to be rude. But you know what I'm saying? But it's just all, all walks of life. <laughs> and, um, you know, there might have been a... No, I was going to throw another denomination just to, just to really catch some offense, but no. Nah. Um, you know, all different walks of life. But I would get to realize I'm not here just to be successful or to make the most money, which I was and I ended up doing in the com- in companies that I was in sometimes. And it was really cool. But that was all an after. That, that came after seeking first the kingdom of realizing I'm actually here to be light in this scenario. I would, sometimes I would, there was a job I had once when I would, I would literally drive up to the place in the morning before the sun was up. And my heart would want to curse the place. I would think, curse this place. Because I was so unhappy there. But the, the word curse was an actual curse. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and I wouldn't say it and I wouldn't agree with it, but I would feel that level of like, I hate where I'm at. I would feel it in my heart. But I knew that I had to live what I believed. I would feel that and I would not yield to it. I'd say, no. I'm actually here for something else. I'm here to be a light. And ended up loving the place. And having a position over the place. You know, and succeeding gratefully in place. And I had so many targets and so many objectives, so many people that I impacted there. And that's why I was actually there. Success came there, yes. But it was because I realized it was a mission. My mission was not when I save enough money to go on a mission trip, right? or to become a minister, or have a microphone where people should be listening to the things that I say. You know, all these mentalities that we have that are so, so fallen, it was like, no, it's, this is where God has me, so this is important as, you know, the Billy Graham crusade that I could be on in a year, you know, or whatever, 10 years, 20 years, you know. These, these mentalities of what success was like, was being faithful in the moment, in the here and now. There was also, that, so that's mission, there was also um, training. What is my training here? What am I learning? I'm learning to live what I believe. I'm learning that the wounds and the disappointments and the issues of my heart that caused me to hate this place, I'm learning to be like, no, the Lord has allowed me to be here for such a time as this. I'm learning to have godly character and, and, and have the fruit of the Spirit no matter what the circumstance is. It's producing something. It's the character and the nature of the Lord. That's a lot of times until we're pushed into some fire, 
we don't know what's in the heart, you know. But then we get to look at it and we get to see what the attitude is and we get to see and choose forgiveness and thankfulness. And when we do and we walk that out, it becomes our true nature, just like it always was supposed to be. Right? And, and so like we're either training in our character or training even in our giftings. We're training in, for me, a lot of my, a lot of, I had to work with people, which I didn't, wasn't really good with. You know what I'm saying? I had to learn to communicate well. I had to learn to work with people. I had to learn to be kind to people that were rude to me. Um, I, I had to do all these things, but it actually learned, I learned to communicate better. There was, there was so much training in all the jobs and secular things that I was in. And you know what I believe, that there's no such thing as a secular job for us. There is no, there's nothing that's secular for a Christian. You're a king and a priest. You're a Jedi that's undercover in this plastic matrix of the world, but you're there with a mission and an objective, and it's all training for the next phase that he wants to bring you into. And the trap is to try to work it out in our own flesh to get into the next phase because we're unhappy where, we at, where we're at instead of being faithful to the Lord in the here and now, knowing his voice, walking with him, valuing and loving people, and then the doors open not by our own strength because we have not despised the day of small beginnings it's not by might it's not by power but it's by the spirit of the lord that's it's the it is the it's this wild walk that we're on that's christianity man that's that's really what it is and it's and it's so different than the ways of the world but we don't trust in our on our own flesh and our own strength this is all zachariah 3 and 4 i should have done that chapter today so i'm quoting it so much but um a lot of people live their life and they're, they're roaming through life or sitting on the sidelines in life waiting on God to open some door. Well, he didn't come through or whatever it could be. And the reality is he surrounds us all with opportunities. And it's opportunities to have this mission mindset or to have this training mindset. It surrounds us to sow life into people, to speak life into people, um, in these seasons, there's opportunities that he surrounds us to butt heads with people, to learn to grow in the character of God and the nature and humility of repentance and all these different things, to learn, to, 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 to grow into who we truly are. But these things come from having a mind of a servant. That's just what it is. I mean, Jesus is trying to wash his disciples' feet, and Peter's like, not, and Peter's basically the, the top dog of the disciples. He's like, no, 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 I'll wash yours. And it's like, no. No, this is the way it works. The king of glory washes your feet. The son of man didn't come to be served. He didn't come. They didn't carry him around on a throne like, you know what I'm saying, on top of their shoulders. He came to actually serve them and give his life as a ransom for mankind. That's in red letters. He said that. You know what I mean? And he's trying to tell them the way. Like, hey, if you, if you put yourself out of the equation, you know, if, if you take your, your needs being met out of the equation and seek the kingdom first, which is the servant king, it's like, then the needs that you have will actually be met. If you seek first the kingdom, all the things you need will actually be added unto you. You know? And then, then you learn to look at situations like, oh, wait, I'm being trained here. Wait a second. This is a training. This is, this is all... Oh, this is a simulation. You know, I have, I have friends that do all kinds, they've gone through all, all kinds of simulation trainings that, that we can do. You know what I'm saying? That the military does or, you know, pilots do it. You know, they, they train on these simulators. And, and um, 
but it's, it's, we, we recognize like, oh, this is just training. It's not where I'm stuck forever to be unhappy. This is training and there's opportunity in the Lord for me to find the objectives and, sh- and, and become who I truly am, the nature of God to be manifest, to speak that life, to give life, to be a blessing to this place. Yeah. To grow in the nature of God and the character of God, the fruits of His Spirit, when the contrary fruits want to come out of my heart, I realize like, hey, it's not, it's not the place that needs an adjustment. It's like, it's I that need the adjustment. And we walk in that, in, in that truth with the Lord. You know, you think about this. Jesus is the prototype of who we are. Right, the firstborn of many brethren, the firstborn from the dead of many brethren. It's like what? Like what kind of a saying is that? It's like he's the one we're to look to. Is like this is what you are. This is the cloth you're cut from. This is who you truly are. This is what it looks like. This resurrected life that that puts its own ego down. I've been crucified. I myself has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Like there's, there's, it's, it's. It's by his faithfulness that I live. It's not even by my own works. That's what that uh, scripture really says. And it's like we come to this reality of like, wait a second, I can get out of the way. And, I'm, and people get fallen in that trap of like looking for their needs to be met. And the Lord has, has just almost littered all around them opportunity to grow and to get out of the mud and the muck that they're sitting in. I see it all the time, you know. And it's like those who are looking to be served, looking to have their needs met on a constant basis, they stay that way. They never grow because that's, that, that's the key that unlocks this mindset is like, okay, the king himself was the greatest servant of all. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, so if I come instead of looking to be served, but actually looking to serve other people, I, I actually want other people to step into their calling and purpose. No, but I have like a destiny from God and a purpose. It's like, yeah, I know. And so does all of your brothers and sisters. And the way to step into yours is actually recognize that great calling and purpose that they have and speaking into it and speaking life and being an encouragement to them. Well, then who will take care of mine? The source. The source. Because then you'll be transforming into the nature of who he truly is. And that's the point. He is the way and the truth and the life. This is this is more when he's, when he's saying these things, I'm the way, I'm the path, I'm the truth, I'm the life, really three gateways of the tabernacle. But it's like, he, he's literally saying like, I am what you're looking for. I'm the road, I'm the path, I'm the place of purpose. What's my calling? What's my destiny? Where am I supposed to be? All these things. It's like, hey, it's like when, when, we, when we get to this mentality, even like church shopping to get our needs met and like, you know, always pulling off of people and it's just like, where am I? It's like instead of following the Lord's voice in our life, we, we, we instantly stepped off the path. When the path was actually like know the Lord and follow Him and, and look to where He is building. What is He doing? And jump into that and be a part of it. You know, It's true. He's always doing something. I was thinking about that driving up the road today. Like the first several years of this church, I mean, I was a CrossFit trainer and I was a pastor of a church that we started from the ground up but we've had so many people coming in and out of this, and it's like, what are the two most two people that probably wear me out the absolute most? Well, religious people that are overly spiritual. No offense, you know. I mean, that's just that's a, you know just hyper religious spiritual people, which they flock, you know, to stuff like this. You know what I mean? So, and 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 also hyper fitness people, CrossFitters, <laughs> hyper fitness obsessed with it. Ah. It's just like these two, you know. It's like what's the what's the old joke like? 
It's like a CrossFitter and a vegan walked into a bar. And everybody knew within five minutes that they were a CrossFitter and a vegan, you know. And so it was a CrossFitter, a, a vegan, and a, and a, and a hyper-religious person walked into a bar. And within five minutes, everybody knew, you know, well, the religious person might not have walked in the bar, so maybe could, might not have worked in that, you know. Well, they all love the craft beers and all that and the beards and all that, so maybe they would walk into the bar. I don't know. It's a cool way to be now, you know. Yeah, the Pharisees wear skinny jeans these days and, and drink craft beer, so whatever. Um, yikes. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't go on your script. You just talk. You're getting to know me a little bit. Um, so, yeah. All righty. Um, <clears throat> don't even remember where I was, what I was talking about. You know what I mean? But I, but it, I was around all these different types of people that it's like, hey, you're going to learn to love people and not be judgmental of what annoys you. Oh, I don't have grace for that type of person. It's like, well, if you don't have grace for them, then you don't really have grace. You don't have the fruit of the Spirit. Well, I'm working on this fruit, but not that fruit. It's like, it's, like, it's all one tree. The fruit of the Spirit, it's not like you get to pick which one, which month it's blooming. The fruit of the Spirit is the evidence of the Holy Spirit. You know, we have these cute little teachings about it. Well, this, we're really praying for patience right now. And I was like, go ahead and trash all of that. Uh, you know, it, it's about knowing the Lord and manifesting Him. You know, so, uh, that, but, but all, all of my attitudes, all of my stuff, you know, before that, I had, to, I had to deal with a lot of very wealthy people, extremely wealthy people. And, um, and, you know, they'll talk down to you and they'll, you know, tr- treat you a certain way. But again, hey, what do you know? I have a prejudice there as well. And it was always character and nature and me learning to love people that I didn't like, that I could easily judge. Can you imagine that being in your life? It's like if this is a movie, like all the bubbles, all the bubbles across all the crowd, everybody's thinking of a person that wears them out. Like, yeah, they're in your life so that you will learn how to love people. Even the most mean religious ones. Yeah, yikes, because I know they wear everybody out the most. But hey, um, you know, it is what it is. When we learn to look past the simulation that is this life into the plans and purposes that God has for us, we see the path. It is the path of the Lord. It is the way of the Lord. We love visions. We love dreams. We love, we love experiencing God and all these things. But those things come when they're not contrived. They literally come from walking His path, from listening to His voice. That's how it goes. And Jesus is that path. And a lot of times you hear things like, well, what, is that? what do you mean Jesus is that path? It's like... Um, it's something we drill a lot here. The Hebrews 1, the Genesis 1, the John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God, and so He's with God, and He is God, and it's like, ooh, we're already having a little bit of a mind bender going on. But it's saying He was the Word, or the expression, the communication of God, and He is God. And so we're seeing, what we're seeing that the Bible is saying there is that He is the communication I am the Father One. He is the communication of the One in whose image you were created. And it's, it's almost like the path is Him. He's the way, but He's the expression. He's the communication. He's the one talking, who talks now, and He talks by seeing Him and looking at Him. And it's like everything He did was communication. Every miracle, every parable that He taught was communication of His identity. He's the good Father from the prodigal Son. And the religious older brother. He's, 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 he's the, the one who, who get left the, the talents. He's the one who 
teaches about sowing the seeds. He's all these things. It's the person of the Lord Jesus. Every story told, everything was about the identity of God. It was the revelation of God. That's the last book in the Bible. I mean, I think it might have actually been John, but regardless, John wrote John and the book of Revelation. But the last book of the Bible is called the book of Revelation or the revelation of Jesus Christ. Or, you know, apocalypse, apocalypsis, apocalypto, you know. But what that means, it doesn't mean like how everything's going to go down, brother. You know, it, apocalypse, it literally means unveiling, the revealing of Jesus Christ. That's what it's called. You know, that's what revelation means. It's we're unveiling, unveiling him. I made a mistake started reading that this morning instead of doing the message so much, but um, it's just, it's interesting, it's fun to me, but it's like John, his best friend, is actually getting caught up into this heavenly experience with him, and he's, and he's seeing him with the eyes of flame, and seven stars, these are seven stars, and he's seeing this, he's seeing this, the, the seven candlesticks, he's seeing this like, all this priestly symbolism of this in, cosmic high priest who's his buddy Jesus, who he passes out like a dead man, and Jesus has to touch him and say, hey buddy, it's me. I did die, and I'm alive forevermore. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I am the Almighty, is what he said. And so it's like, you see Jesus, his old buddy, the Messiah, and you see God, but you see God as Jesus, and it's just like, and you see Jesus, the message that his Father, that God has given to him, but you also see him as if he's God as well, and it's just, it's this explosive vision, technicolor book of just this wild stuff that is the revealing of who he is. I am the, the, the ancient of days, like, like I was and is and is to come. I'm outside of time and space, you know what I'm saying? I'm the first and the last. Like all these things that he's saying, his voice sounds like a trumpet. Like a, it's like, he, what does that even mean? I don't know. His voice sounds like trumpet in many waters. And he turns around to see him and he sees him and it's old buddy, but his old buddy looks like this cosmic wah, 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 wah. Yeah. That's the only way I can describe it is that wah, 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 wah. You know what I mean? Is that sound, you know? It's like, whoa, you know what I mean? He's just getting his mind blown meeting him and hearing sounds and things that he can't, he can't, he can't deal with almost to where he passes out, you know, and has to have help. But it's the revealing of who Jesus is. And we'll probably touch on that in the next few weeks. I mean, it goes all the way into the symbolism of the birth of Jesus and who he truly was and all these different things. And, um, but it's like, that's what the Bible is. That's what the person of Jesus is. He is the way, meaning he is the revelation of who God is. And it's, he's, it's him unveiled. I feel like that's our, one of our champion scriptures of 2 Corinthians 3.18 that we say in here all the time. When we see him without a veil over our face, when, it's, when he's unveiled and we actually recognize him, we're transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Like transformation, that's Christian maturity that we're talking about. That growth and that maturity happens as we recognize and see him the cosmic fiery-eyed priest king and creator who's also the servant of mankind. That's, that's a mind-bender to us. Because if you're in charge, you ain't the servant. It's like, well, the absolute chief of our tribe is the servant. And it's like, whoa. And he's the path. So what does that mean that our path is? It's a heart of servant service. It's seeing others as greater than yourself, Philippians says. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ, who was in the form of the image, who, who was morphed, he took the form of a man, but, but 
this mind, let it be in you that what? Sees others as greater than himself. Serve them into their role and you will find yourself stepping into yours. It's a, it's a completely different mindset. It's a completely different game. Jesus says, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Right. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I'm gentle and I'm lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Whoa. If we've seen him, we've seen God. He is God, and he was with God in the beginning. He is the Logos, the Word or the expression of God. Everything He says and does is of God. But you don't see Him very often actually describing Himself with words. This is the chapter, we've talked about this in, in the Luke version, but in Matthew 11, verse 27, a verse before that, He says, All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except for the Father. No does anyone know the Father except for the Son, and whom the Son wills to reveal Him. It's like this brilliant secret. The, the eternal king has come and he manifests on the earth and he's a servant and he's humble and nobody's been able to recognize him. So I'm going to make it to my finish line and redeem mankind without the enemy ever knowing. Right? 1 Corinthians 2, if the rulers of this world would have known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Like they don't know, they're falling into my hands and everyone expects me to be a way that I'm not because they've all been poisoned by the knowledge of good and evil. But I'm actually the servant and I'm kind. And everyone's missed it. And we know in that, in that quote right there in the book of um, Luke, he's flipping out, excited. He's super excited. So we know he's super excited when he said that. And that's when he turns and he says, come to me if you're weary and heavy laden. Hey, if you're carrying an identity that you're trying to keep up with the Jones or trying to appear something else, I, I promise you, you're already worn the flip out. And I know this, right? If you're having all these heavy burdens and these fears of God, like, it's like, hey, just come to me without all the burdens and all the yokes and all the shame. Come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. Instead of carrying yours, carry mine where I do all the lifting because I am gentle and I'm lowly in heart. So, so brilliant. No one's recognized me. And he describes his person. He describes who our God is, the servant. I am gentle. What an incredible way to be described. The mightiest, most powerful being is gentle. The, most, the indestructible one, the ancient of days, the creator of all things, is described, self-described as being gentle and humble. I'm lowly in heart. Come to me, I don't have an ego. You don't have to wait in line, just come straight in. No one's recognized who I am. And that's what he's telling them. Come over. Come on in. We can know Him and we can walk in this. But to see Him as He is will cause us to be gentle. You know, when you have a spirit of gentleness, people trust you. Because you know, they know you're not going to harm them with your words or your actions or your deeds. You know? And He gives His authority to those who grow into this nature of the Lord. We grow into that gentleness... What is the verse? You know it. Let your gentleness be known. The, the Lord is at hand. I don't know where that is. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Yeah. 
I mean, that's, that's our verse. Paul wrote that. And it's just like, hey, let this, like, you are completely safe to come to me. It's a safe space. The gentleness of God. I am lowly and I am humble. I'm not too busy. And then imagine us living our life. I mean, living and, and, and doing our jobs and living our life with excellence, but also with gentleness. That doesn't mean, you know, you know what I'm saying. Uh, gentleness and humility to where people feel safe and they let their guards down and it causes us to be able to speak right into right into the core of their heart where eternity, the, the, the DNA of eternity dwells. Ecclesiastes 3.11. Eternity is in the heart of all men, Solomon wrote. And it's like this reality, this ancient reality that they were in him before the foundations of the earth. Imagine evangelism being that way instead of like, hey, by the way, God loves you, but he's going he's gonna to torture and kill you if you don't say this thing and then come join my club. It sounds really funny when you say it that way. It sounds, it sounds bad, but that's, that's what that is. But imagine instead of walking in the nature of the Lord. That's, just, that's shooting a gun into the barrel of fish and making them float up. You know what I mean? But imagine actually walking into the, into the water and smelling like the water and being like the water and them swimming up to you because there's gentleness and there's kindness and there's the fruit of His Spirit and there's safety there. And I don't know what it is, but, but you, you smell like my grandmother's house on Thanksgiving. And that, that's my most safe memory in my life. That's my childhood's safety. And my family was there. And this is just an analogy, obviously. But like, I feel like at home around you. And I don't know why. And it's because I'm reflecting your dad. And my dad. And your identity. You know? And it opens the conversations. It opens things up. It opens their heart. And you know what I mean? You can speak right into them. Not God loves you, but he wants to torture you. And if, if you don't follow him, you know what I'm saying? But like, no, God loves you. He values you. No, you're a sinner. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, you're not who, what the things you've done, it's not who you truly are. He loves you beyond anything you could have ever done. I promise you, just know him. Come and see. The lyrics they wrote to that song, Beacon of Life. Come and see what the disciples said. We found the one. Eh, I'm, come. Come and see for yourself. Come and see him for yourself. Don't. In other words, don't take my word for it, but my words encourage you to come see for yourself. Yeah. It is, the, it is the purpose of the whole thing. It is the way, it is the path of God is transforming into the nature of God. It's not how much you know, it's not how much you learn, it's not how those spiritual experiences, it's all these things uh, come from walking in the path of the Lord. You know, I said that last week when I, was, when I first was reading Jeremiah 6, 16 in that verse step, you know, kind of stood out to me. Stand in the way and see and ask for the ancient path, the old paths where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. I remember when I first read that, it was 2019 and I wanted to speak on that message for like six weeks in a row. But I didn't. But, but he is the ancient path. He is the, he is the ancient way. He is the, you know, we, I, I don't know how I can do a, an analogy about like the, the way of the, the samurai or the Jedi or the whatever, you know what I mean? Like just, all the analogies are cheap to this reality because they are all, they all just have an essence of this reality, which is why they inspire people. And the reality is, is the ancient way and the ancient path is like, this is, this is 
it hits to the core of your true identity. And it's like he's, he's literally saying just what he said in Matthew 11. I'm gentle and I'm lowly in heart. Come to me and you'll find rest for your soul. It's the same way. Stand in the way and see. Stand by the roads and look. In other words, you have to be able to see this. This is what the wilderness shepherds will do. It's like you've got to be able to look past this matrix and see it for what it truly is and then see your path. This is your path. Him. You know, becoming conformed to the image of Christ. The, tr- the true apostolic desire. You know what I mean? That Paul said, like, above all things, that, that was his deal, that Christ would be formed in people. Like, if, if you know, that's our job. That's, that's, that's the job. I mean, that's, that's the point. And it's just like, that's the point of every message and teaching and reading and all these things. It's like, man, that Christ would be formed in you, that you would come back into the truth of the image of who you are, man. You know what I'm saying? And, like, step into that reality because there's no darkness in this entire world that will be able to stop that. And then they'll be in unity with one another, not forsaking the assembling together, not sitting outside pouting because things haven't gone their way or they're having an issue with relationships or whatever it is. They actually see like, oh, this is all designed for me to heal and to grow and to follow through and to live this life. And those people will come into such an agreement. That's the ecclesia. It's a group of people. It's not like, well, I am the church. Well, that's impossible. You can't be the army. You can be a soldier in the army, but you can't be the army, and you can't be the ecclesia. But the church is a people. It is a group. It is a governing body that comes into agreement over the lamb, over the bread, and over the wine, over his crucified life, and it comes a part of them till it takes over their identity because it is their identity, and the gates of hell will never be able to prevail. They'll never be able to hold it back. You know, A lot of warfare that people are experiencing, speaking of charismatics, a lot of warfare that people are experiencing in life it's really just the flesh. It's just their own decisions or their own flesh or their own unwillingness to move forward. I've seen this meme where it says, like, the devil's really after me, dude. And it shows a picture of, of the devil riding a uh, uh, surfboard. Anybody ever seen that? He says, I'm on vacation. That's all you, chief. Has anybody seen that? It's hilarious. But it's accurate. The devil's really grinding on me like, like dude, the, Dude, the demons assigned to you are on straight-up vacation. They don't have to do anything. They're outside smoking a cigarette on a break all day long. Don't have to do a thing, you know? It's like our decisions in our flesh, and even the things we see as opposition, opposition, I'm sorry, so often, like they are the opportunities to grow in the nature of God. They are the opportunities for our rivers that can be stagnant and stopped up to be unstopped. God's not talking to me. It's like, well, we'll release your river and speak life and seek to be a blessing. Seek to push in with your weight instead of sitting outside on a timeout, a self-imposed timeout, and watch what will happen when your river flows. You'll start to really hear his voice because it will flow through you. Stagnant water, man. You can't drink that stuff, man. No, you get sick real bad about that. It's got to be crystal clear running stream. That thing's got to be coming from the source, from the mountain of Zion, dude. From the throne of God, that's where it comes from. That's Revelation 22. That's, that's what it is. Let us go up to the mountain. He will teach us his ways. Isaiah said it. Micah said it. Come, let's go up to the mountain. Let's stop, let's stop doing circles around the thing. Micah 4. Like, let's stop doing circles like the breaker's coming, the breakthrough, the God of breakthrough. That's what Micah's talking about. Isaiah, they both said the same thing. The breakthrough was Jesus. He will break through the pasture. He will actually lead people out of the pens 
of the religious machine in the system. And, and, and the call is like, let's go up to the mountain. Let's go into the deeper things of God. Let's go into the connection of the Almighty. He will teach us his actual ways. We will walk in his ancient paths. We will come alive in a way that no one's ever seen. And like Moses, who would go up the mountain and come down, we will go up into his zone and we will come down into this earth like Jacob's ladder. And Jesus said it in John 1.51, like you will see the angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. He is the gateway. He is the path. He is the ladder. We will actually ascend and ascend. We will go up into that reality in his ways and we'll come down and manifest it to the people that are stuck, grounded, to all the eagles that are stuck with their feet in the ground that don't know how to fly and say, hey, you're one of us. Yeah. That's the point. That's the way it works. We're called to experience this. It's called to be our life. Yeah. I got to meet a guy two weeks ago. Uh, it was a dream, but it was incredibly lucid and he, he looked like a, somebody that I've met several times. In, in experiences like this. And uh, so I went to ask him, I thought it might be him, but he looked different. He was, he, was, he was slightly different. And so anyways, he introduced himself to me and the way he introduced himself to me ended up being a certain, a certain passage in the Bible. It was very, very important for me. He was actually there, the experience was actually talking about the condition of our house and where we're going, uh, the church. And so that was great. But um, he confirmed some things in the scripture that I've never seen in what he said. But I remember he spoke to me, and when I got to meet him, I started hearing music all around where I was. And it's lucid, and I was outside, and I didn't know that I was asleep. I thought we were having this talk. And, and I started hearing this music, and it was the most incredible soundtrack. It was beautiful, and it sounded like um, just as recognizable as like a Star Wars music, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, whatever you like. You know, I have, I have all these brilliant soundtracks that go with them. I started hearing this song that was so old, but I, I remembered it, but I didn't know how I remembered it. So I met this guy, and he was very mighty and very intimidating, you know, um, very powerful. There's two of them, and, and I'm standing there, and I'm hearing this music, and then all of a sudden it dawns on me, where's music coming from? Like, you watch a music, m movie, and you hear these soundtracks, and like, where's it coming from, you know? And I'm like, there's no speakers, there's no car driving by. And I was like, this is weird. And then I woke up, you know what I mean, in my bed, and I could hear the music playing in my mind because it was so familiar. But of course, I was, I was actually, to be honest, Nicole knows, I was actually scared. I was like creeped out, man, you know, but, uh, you know, then I kind of came to, I'm like, okay, that was a very positive experience, but okay. So yeah, too much. No, but the thing about it is, is like you're experiencing and knowing the Lord and, you know, experiences like this, it's not that there was anything scary going on. It was, it was that it was so very real. And there was so much power there and it was so very real. We're not you, people aren't even used to, and I'm saying this, like we're not, we're not even used to really stepping into the mystic ancient way of the kingdom of actually stepping into this stuff. You know what I mean? It'll rattle you, man, because it's real. Because this world is plastic. You know what I'm saying? That that's, you know, Hebrews 11 literally says this, by faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. It's a lesser dimension than that which framed it in, which actually built it, that actually constructed it. The eternal kingdom, it's so much more real. And it's like we have to have the resolve and the wisdom to step back, to, to, to zoom out of the frame and look at life, even though it seems mundane, and assess relationships, strategy, kingdom, work. What are the missions that God has for me? Oh my gosh, am I being faithful what if I'm, what if, what, with what I've been given? Because this season won't last forever and you want to pour every last drop of heaven out of yourself into those who need it. And you want to walk through the testings and the forgiveness and the wholeness of healing that comes from all the relational things that are going on around you because that's what determines the next page, the next step opening up in the kingdom. 
You feel me? And it's just like, when you zoom out and you can see that, like, oh yeah, this whole thing, there's an ancient way. That's why it says stand in the ways and see. In other words, stand, zoom out, right? Jeremiah 6, 16, zoom out of the frame and, and actually see it for what it is. Stand there, stand, look at the options and actually see and ask for that path which is ancient. Ask him, whoa, what are you doing? What is the ancient way? What is the ancient path? And we know the New Testament is like, I am. I'm that ancient path. But I need my five, my, I, I was asking for my five-step plan. <laughs> and he's like, this is the plan. It's follow me. Take up your cross daily, every day, and follow me. And live the crucified life and let it become your true identity because it is your true identity. You'll find the good way. You'll be led of my goodness. And you'll find rest for your souls. You won't even have to try. You'll step into it. It's purpose, it's destiny. You were created for it. Yeah. Where the good way is, find the goodness. Also, sometimes Thanksgiving, I'm closing. Well, sometimes we're looking at things and we're like, hey, I want to, but I want to be here. I want to be there. It's like, are there things we're contending for? Like, like Itza was saying, we're contending for wholeness in a certain area, or for praying for somebody in our family or whatever it could be. And sometimes it's like, hey, find the path. Follow the goodness of God where the good way is. His goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. It's like, it's don't focus on what's not happening. Focus on what he is doing. And make sure you're on that path of alignment. Because what you're asking for is coming as well. But there's a progression to these things. And it happens often, little by little, as he drives the things out and opens the door so that you can actually maintain and hold on to the inheritance he wants to give us. Yeah. Yeah, amen. All right, so check. I just amen myself, man. See? You say you don't like religious people and you say amen to yourself. You, 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 um, you might be one of them. All right, so listen, the questions for the week, and these are going to be very valuable, I think, for everybody that's listening here or online, even, you know, wherever. Um, this, the questions are meant to zoom out. Question number one, and it, and it goes back to mission and training or targets or objections and, or objectives and training. But number one, what, what is the mission right now? Are there targets? And obviously, you know what I mean by targets. People you're called to minister to, to speak into, to encourage. People that you're called to serve into their inheritance, into their identity. That's number one. And number two, what what can you recognize in your life right now is actually meant to train you? The shepherd, the trainer, where is he, what is he training you in? Okay, he's teaching me about my attitude. He's teaching me to be thankfulness and not go into a place of negativity. It's like, what is the, what is the opportunity to grow? Oh, there's opportunity. It's not like I keep failing, I keep getting frustrated with the kids, or I keep da 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 da, it's like, okay, so see that, not as, not as being disqualified, but is there an opportunity for you to grow? I know for me, it was, it's been, and it has been, it's just like when I'm feeling anxieties and pressures and stuff, I, I, I communicate in a way that I shouldn't, even to my kids. And I don't, want, I don't want my kids to ever have to walk on eggshells around me because daddy's tense or he's, he's, he's feeling pressures or whatever. 
And I realized, like, man, when I feel like I failed them, like, ah, I didn't do that right, or I got too angry about that, or I got too frustrated with them when I corrected them, it would always root back, how can I take responsibility? It's like, hey, are you feeling pressure? Are you dealing with some anxieties? Yes. So you haven't off offloaded that on me or onto the Lord. And it's like, oh, that's what it is. And so then I come in a little bit hot. Okay, that's my training. I've got to learn this way. This is the ancient way. This is, this is the ancient path. You catch me? Just, in, just in a, uh, a little example. But then in looking at those, you know, like, like it was saying, we're coming into this year end. We've got 28 days. We're coming to this year end. And it's so often a good time to kind of reflect. And you realize, just like Daniel LaRusso, I was like, oh, Mr. Miyagi's been training me this whole time in all these little tasks he's been having me do. And once I realize that I've been training and that I am and that I have objectives, hope comes because I see he's adding something to me. Yeah, it's true. It's very important. All right. Well, that's it. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word, which is truth and life. We thank you for this ancient path that you've called us all to walk into. I ask that we would stand and we would zoom out of all these roads and paths and we would see your path in the good way. I thank you for the truth of your identity and that we were created in the same image. So Lord, that we would step into the reality of this image, the image we're called to bear. 